Welcome to another exciting episode of the Leaders of Atlanta podcast, connecting you to prominent leaders, thinkers, and influencers in the city to help you to become the leader that you are called to be. Now here is your host and leadership development expert, Zach Hudson. Well, hello there, leaders. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Leaders of Atlanta podcast, where you're going to be able to hear from Atlanta's top leaders and learn about the companies or the causes that they're tied to. Today's episode features Dave Beck, founder and managing partner of Foundry 45. Foundry 45 puts VR to work by creating virtual reality training experiences. They help businesses improve training outcomes while simultaneously lowering costs on learning and development initiatives. I've got to say that I do love this organization, not only for their drive and commitment to to continue to push learning and development technology and that whole immersive experience, but also there's commitment to Atlanta, specifically in the downtown region, where they're partnering with a local business association or helping students around them right where they are in their headquarters there they have a true commitment and love for this city so i hope you enjoy our time with dave today here in his leadership journey their drive for technology and their impact here in the city of atlanta well dave i'm so excited to have you on leaders of atlanta with me today so thank you for joining us joining the listeners and talking to us about your journey and about your your company thanks very much for having me zach yeah. really appreciate being yeah. here so i think we've got a little bit of history I, I met you uh we were having an atd chapter meeting you hosted us there and just goodness. two floors up from where we are I right know, now i know we're an amazing kind of uh what is this like a 3d capture studio right now this is yeah we're in the volumetric capture studio at the creative media industries institute <laughs> downtown atlanta how about that how's that for like uh, location like central for this podcast <laughs> so yeah it was a fascinating time with your team i loved what you were doing uh, just every interaction i had with every individual from uh, the person helping me uh, try on some of your vr experiences to just behind the scenes of some of your logistical people were just it was just evident to me that your culture was right where it needed to be and i just love your heart and getting to know you in the months since so i was wanting to spend some time with you today so for our people with us today tell us about your journey as a leader and maybe you know that if i'm going to condense it down sort of thing how where would that start at <laughs> well uh i mean first off let me just say thanks again for uh having me here yeah sure um you know i'm dave beck uh you know i worked in uh, ops and training um for several years before i went back to grad school yeah. um and wanted to focus on technology at that time and fast forward a few years uh, or several years and more than a few gray hairs <laughs> and now uh, i'm the managing partner at foundry 45 yeah. Uh, our tagline is that we put VR to work, and we do that by creating uh, VR training experiences. So, for example, we help groups like UPS train their teams how to sort packages. Uh, we help Delta train their underwing employees on how to actually inspect planes quickly and safely. Sure. And we do a whole bunch of other stuff like that. Um, and it's an, it's an amazing space to be in. And uh, it was a long and winding journey. I think you said, you know, like kind of what, what was my uh, journey as a leader yeah. to, to get here? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess I, I've always enjoyed being in a leadership role. 
right? Uh, you know, when we were doing the the school play uh, as a kid, you know, I asked the teacher if I could be the director. Um, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, did a lot of team sports growing up. Uh, got a chance to assume leadership roles in the ones that I was good at, and you know, more follower roles in the ones <laughs> that I wasn't. So there were some of each, and that was actually great because yeah. you know, it's a good experience uh, on both sides, and it, it helps you, uh, you know, kind of learn um, what it's like to sure. lead and to follow. Um, and without going through every stage of life, I guess, you know, I've tried to stay involved in volunteering as a, you know, everything from like a youth soccer coach to um, you know, the neighborhood uh, association board to actually working with like, uh, you know, advisory councils, Georgia Tech, uh, Metro Atlanta Chamber, stuff like that. And I think doing things like that, you know, have helped me um, just from a overall uh, growth standpoint. And it's been great because. I'm lucky to have an awesome uh, leadership team here at Foundry 45. There's actually four partners in the business, and we're able to kind of riff off of each other sure. oh, and uh, learn and grow that, that way. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, tell us about that story of Foundry 45. So, I very much appreciate. It. I, I'm right there with you on that kind of growing up in leadership, having, having that fire inside you, right? So. Where did that turn from that until what we know today as Foundry 45 of a great VR experience and training organization? So uh, uh, several of us actually worked together at a previous business, and we were doing immersive technology, specifically augmented reality. Okay. And when we exited that company in 2014, we were kind of trying to figure out what we wanted to be when we grew up. <laughs> and uh, sure. one of my partners, Scott, actually uh, purchased a very early uh, developer's edition of uh, one of the VR headsets. And that kind of led us down this journey uh, to where we are today. Um, it's basically the same tool chain to develop virtual reality as it is augmented reality. And I won't geek out on the differences <laughs> or whatnot. But bottom line, um, they're very similar. And so... Uh, and I have a training background. You know, we, we realized early on that uh, training was a, a really like, sure. kind of the killer app for virtual reality. And it's been a great business for us. Um, I mean, I could go into a little bit more specifics about kind of what we do, if that's yeah, helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are really very focused not just on, you know, any virtual reality training, but but more on procedural uh, virtual reality training. Mm -hmm. So think more kind of hard skills versus soft skills. Sure. Right? More there's a standard operating procedure that goes from A to B to C to D than kind of free form um, you know, diversity and inclusion right. or, or harassment or customer service type training. Those are great, and, and there's a lot of people that do those really well. Um, but we like to focus more on uh, – Foundry 45 at heart has kind of an engineering bent. Um, for people that are around Atlanta, <laughs> um, we like to say that we're more Georgia Tech than SCAD. Yeah. I mean, we appreciate uh, SCAD a lot. We have SCAD people that, that we work with. Um, but the the other three founders and I uh, all have one or two degrees from Georgia Tech, yeah. so we're we, we like the kind of uh, you know <laughs> hard skills, uh, sure. Yeah, you know, the 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 Delta, uh, you know, doing stuff with the plane or the UPS yeah. doing things with the, the production line, things like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I got to do the Delta experience, and I can tell you, uh, number one, it changed my view on VR because I, my daughter had one of those cheap, you know, right? You go to the the hard uh, the cardboard or basically yeah. one step off the cardboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, made me sick. It just it was just yeah. made me super nauseous. So I was a little bit, um, I guess, timid about getting into the the system. But he put the system on, and it was the one where you you're, you're doing the plane walkthrough basically. 
And within five minutes, I'm like nailing everything on this plane. I'm like, got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> Didn't make me sick. It felt natural and smooth. And then I got done. I was like, put me on tarmac. I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> I could do this because it was it created such a good experience, right? And that's the key piece. You walk away with an experience, and that really latches onto your memory and your learning yeah. ability. So, yeah, it was a it's phenomenal, phenomenal piece. So. Uh, the the thing that we would say about that, kind of from a training standpoint, is that it's experiential learning, right. right? So you're actually doing the thing you're learning right. as opposed to just reading a book about it. Sure. And for a lot of folks, definitely me, um, you know, I get a lot out of uh, reading it, but I get more out of actually doing it. Yeah. And, it and a lot of research shows that it's a lot stickier, you know, uh, retention is much better. Your time to mastery is much quicker. So there's a very clear ROI for it, which is what makes it exciting for us yeah. as a business. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, I'm not going to spoil exactly where we are. We talked about this awesome city that we're in. So, but I did want to talk about Foundry 45, Atlanta. What do you? So what do you love about the city? Why are you invest in the city, or why are your partners invest in the city? Why did you choose to be in the special spot that we are in Atlanta? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I I love Atlanta. So let me just start with that. Okay. Um, you know why? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we could talk about it from a personal standpoint sure. for a sec, and then you know yeah, maybe absolutely. focus more on the professional side. But personally, um, I, I moved here in '03 to go to grad school at Georgia Tech. Okay. And uh, my wife actually works for the Centers for Disease Control, which is based here, and she grew up here. One of the few people that's actually a local. <laughs> and uh, we were living elsewhere, but the only places I looked to grad school were in Atlanta. Yeah. And I found a really interesting program that Georgia Tech had. Um, called Tiger, okay, which is combining uh, Georgia Tech MBA students with Georgia Tech PhD science engineering students and law students from Emory and working on small teams to actually commercialize the PhD students' technology. Oh, nice. And so it was a really, it was exactly what I wanted to do, technology commercialization. It was a great entree into kind of the technology scene here yeah. in Atlanta. And uh, that program actually, I started there the very first uh, day, but essentially the Tech Square was open uh, in Midtown Atlanta, and so got to be a total part of that. Growing That's up, cool. uh, yeah. was founded my first company on the fourth floor of the management building at Georgia Tech. <laughs> moved across the street into Venture Lab, which is kind of the commercialization arm at Georgia Tech. Moved from there into ATDC, which is the, I think the largest incubator in the Southeast. Sure. You know, graduated from there. All, all this stuff. So it's a very very strong ties. But then, um, you know, fast forward to today, we're currently located on GSU's campus, uh, downtown, right off of Woodruff Park in this amazing, you know, creative media uh, facility. And uh, the reason why we're here is actually because of a bunch of work we've done with the Metro Atlanta Chamber, which is just another example of, uh, you know, what we like about Atlanta. Yeah. And this space has been amazing for us. Uh, but it, 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 it was just a different kind of situation to go from kind of the GT environment to, to this environment. But we're actually hiring all sorts of people from here now. Yeah, that's it's amazing. I mean, because you literally got 100. We walked in. We met at a bakery uh, right around the corner before we came up here. But there are literally hundreds of students walking around. <laughs> yeah, next week there won't yeah, be any. Yeah, uh, no, finals yeah. are right now. <laughs> but it's a, a whole it's – a, it's, a, it's just a totally different experience. There's a lot of energy here. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And I guess, so from the professional standpoint, um, Atlanta's an amazing place to start a business because just the entire ecosystem here, and it starts at the top. There's, I don't know, what is it, 15 Fortune 500s here or something mm -hmm. like that, yeah. 12? And 
and even if a business doesn't actually have their headquarters, you know, Fortune 500 doesn't have their headquarters here, they probably have a regional office oh, sure. or something. So there's always a decision maker somewhere that you can talk to in Atlanta. I mean, really, it seems yeah. like we travel a decent amount for work, but there are plenty of decision makers here. And then, so, so that's kind of at the top level. In the middle, you've got this ecosystem of, you know, collaborative, competitive, technical, you know, innovative, interesting companies that we can, you know, just kind of bounce ideas back sure. and forth off of or get inspired by or get competitive with or, or, or whatever. And so that drives us forward. And then maybe the foundation at the bottom level is that there's this amazing just set of resources, right? The human resources. We've, we've got, we've been hiring all sorts of people from GSU now. We have people from Georgia Tech, of course, because that, that's, that, that's where <laughs> sure, we started. Yeah, that's right. Um, but also, you know, KSU's doing amazing stuff. SCAD's doing amazing stuff. Emory, G, you know, UGA even. Um, and so there's just such a huge wealth of technical, interested, you know. It's funny, there's always kind of this whole... Uh, People like to maybe dump a little bit on the millennials and the Gen Zs, uh, but we find that a lot of them have a really strong work ethic oh, and are sure. really super passionate yeah. about what they do if you can provide them the right kind that's of fit. Right. And that's, as a leader, that's what you want to try and yeah, do. Yeah, that's right. Just yeah. set them up for success. <laughs> that's great. I, I love that. Just your commitment to, gosh, the students and, and the city and, and just connecting and being involved right where you are is, is amazing. So, And you've been involved in professional organizations. That's how we met is through the yeah, ATD. ATD. Yeah, ATD. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. They're great. There's some, some really good immersive technology groups here in town. Uh, the Chamber's always putting stuff together. Yeah. They have an interesting... Uh, creative media group that uh, that's that's doing a whole lot um so yeah there's a lot to get involved yeah, with here that's cool well let's talk about almost too much time yeah <laughs> let's talk about your personal uh leadership journey uh for a minute dave so what are some a few lessons maybe that you learned as you were growing up in your leadership and again it could be back to when you were a kid it could be in college it could be start when you were starting your first business or even foundry 45 so when I graduated from undergrad, I was fortunate to be put in a leadership position relatively, a you know, managerial position relatively early. And it might sound cliche now because I think it's been talked about a lot, but I think the biggest thing I learned early on was just to be authentic, yeah. you know, to be yourself. Um, I, I didn't really have any experience at 22 or 23 managing someone that was, you know, more than maybe a couple of years older than me or, sure. you know, leading someone sure. like that. And so I kind of thought I had to put on this persona when I like business Dave. Oh, yeah. You know, sure. like when I went yeah. into work, I needed to be business Dave. And that was, you know, business Dave was pretty stiff and, <laughs> you know, not really. uh not wanting to, you know, things were very black and white and, you know, not wanting to be yielding or, or, or flexible. Yeah. Um, and, and just kind of my way or the highway type attitude, because I thought that's the, what, what a manager sure. should do. And maybe that is more of a manager than a leader. But what I fortunately learned, you know, over having made a few mistakes, you know, doing that, um, it just took time and, and, and fortunately had a few good mentors, which I think is a huge thing that if anyone can, uh, if you don't currently have a mentor, uh, try and find one. Yeah. Um, but, but basically just learning how to kind of live in my own skin and relaxing and just being more of my self, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that's actually, 
and who knows as I get older, you know, the older I get, the more I actually probably really approach business, Dave. But, uh, you know, I try to always remember that. And I try to remember that when I'm working with the younger leaders uh, in our organization or people that haven't been in leadership positions for uh, very long because, you know, oftentimes they have the same kind of thing. Or sometimes I see the opposite, which is, you know, not professional enough. And it's just like, mm. but it's a hard balance. I think it it's better to balance. just be authentic. And, yeah. and if you're a little bit rough around the edges, I think that's okay. Yeah. You know, you talking about the black and white and early in my own leadership leading people, I was very much the same way. I was like, there's a right and there's a wrong in, in everything and way of doing things, handling yourselves, your interaction with others. And the wrong was wrong. And that's it. That was the, that was the black and white of it. And learning that more the empathetic view of it of understanding where somebody's coming from because there's oftentimes a deeper story than just the miss right of why did they miss and and spending some times there and it's a lot more gray uh, I mean, did you ever have any specific kind of uh, you know an event that happened and I'm, let me put you on the yeah, spot for sure. a second and if not i can think of a, like a specific yeah. one too but uh that, that made you kind of maybe uh, made that light bulb go on yeah i mean there's definitely times where in my leadership of, of the black and white of where you know i had somebody that perpetually showed up late and just you've got to get your act together or you need to get out of here and realizing okay well it's because they had a sick family member and that's what set them behind all the time now did they have poor time management skills absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but i wasn't empathetic towards that piece i was yeah. more of hey you know when you're supposed to be here get here at that time that, and yeah, yeah that's yes. almost my exact story like that's funny that you said that because that seriously <laughs> is what it's it's the same thing and you know sometimes you have to work through those things yeah yeah absolutely so yeah i, I understand that piece for yeah. sure asking the why yeah. you know more keep asking that question sure. and then pulling peeling back the layers helps yeah so as you've grown out of just the four founders here and you've got a team where we're talking about you're you're looking for team members now so if you're looking for a good job and you're a great coder or a business person, whatever, look them up for sure. But what are some common leadership traits that you look for in your team as you're expanding your team out? Gosh, uh, I mean, this kind of maps into what I was saying uh, a minute ago, but flexibility is okay. definitely one of them. Sure. Um, authenticity. And, you know, we like to have fun, but we also put in a lot of time and effort. Sure. Um, I mean, several of our team was here uh, over the weekend on a deadline just this last weekend, and we were super appreciative of, of the work that they did there. Um, so, so also a willingness to uh, you know pull your oar when that time uh, comes. But I mean, those same people, you know, they'll, they'll take more time off over the holidays. It's not like a uh, we're, we're wanting to bore people to death. It's just one of those things that happen. Right? Yeah. This is going the wrong way. Wait a minute. You just said if people wanted to no, and it's a, it's. A, I mean, I think we actually have been. Uh, uh, you know, listed as one of the one of the better places to work in yeah. Atlanta. You know, we were on one of those lists for for uh, our size company, yeah. and uh, you know, are always um, working. You mentioned at the very beginning of this discussion, culture, right? Like, like we want to have a culture that actually shows uh, or that values uh, hard work, but also individualism, and you know new ideas and and diversity and yeah. and it's hard sometimes um you know we went from being a four-person company to i don't know we're like 25 or 30 people in just a few years and actually keeping your culture you have to be very mindful oh, sure. of that you have to be, you have to be very it, we, we have uh, you know 
company meetings to make sure we're all on the same page. We get together with a sprint planning meeting every couple of weeks just to make sure we're all, you know, recognizing what each other are doing and, and appreciating that and, and helping. Yeah, that's great. So person sitting with us right now, hanging out, you, me, and them, they're in the chair with us here. What kind of advice would you give to them as they're stepping into a leadership role for the first time? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, for one thing, I guess uh, everyone, you always think that everybody knows exactly what it is that they're doing, right? Or sure. as, as you're growing up, you the older you get, the more you realize nobody actually knows <laughs> what's going on. So, yeah. uh, I mean, there's yeah. a little bit of a fake it till you make it. Um aspect of it, you know, have, have confidence in yourself to actually, you know, step into that role, right? A lot of, you know, some people want that from, from the very start, other people grow into it. Um, but you know, the reality is not everybody knows how to be a successful, perfect manager right off the bat. It's just like anything, you know, if you, if you want to learn how to shoot free throws, you're not going to go out there and be a, you know, perfect free throw shooter (laughs) right off the bat. And that's where having a mentor really helps. And if it can be someone who is not your direct supervisor, I mean, hopefully you can find a a working environment where you have a, a company and a boss and, and, and other people that are really committed to your development. But it's great to have somebody outside to be able to say, hey, this is where I want to be. Um, and even if it's someone within the same company, that's fine. It's just if it, oftentimes it's best if it's not your direct supervisor. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That way you don't. Uh, well, you you gain a sense of confidentiality and, and ability to share when it's not your direct supervisor. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's great. There's some interesting uh, organizations that you can get involved with, too. I mean. You know, some of them are more for kind of business owner type, you know, entrepreneurs organization and and YPO and things like that. But I think just getting involved in any sort of uh, meetup group like uh, ATD has a great uh, Atlanta meetup again where we met and you get a chance to have this cross pollination of people where they have a similar interest, but they're doing different things. And so therefore you can actually have an open and genuine conversation with somebody uh, and hopefully learn from that. Yeah, that's great. So talking about your personal journeys as a leader, so we've talked about how you grew from, gosh, just a kid in, in, in school and, and learning and kind of getting that fired and now this. So we're going 2024. How do you, are there, are there things that you have in place that you use to push your own personal development or your own, making sure that you're staying fresh? Yeah, I mean it's it's a challenge, right? When your head's down on uh, uh, your operations, sure. to to make sure that uh, you know you're growing smartly and and keeping that going. Uh, to also at the same time keep your personal development going. Um, so I think you know oftentimes as as leaders within the company and partners will challenge each other okay. to 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 do more of that. Um, but for me, it it often and I I do have a, a mentor that I like to uh, yeah, work with. And and he's very helpful for just kind of giving me a, you know, no holds barred yeah. look on on hey I think this is probably what's working just based on the conversations we have this is what's working and this is what's not, um, you know I try and read as much as possible and I try to get involved in as many events as possible just so I can be around other people because I find that, um, you know, inspiration actually helps me grow as a person too right just just even just you know, watching a random TED talk, um, you know, <laughs> sure. I, seriously, uh, oftentimes uh, you, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I haven't been thinking about that. And just trying to keep your ears open. Yeah, that's great. So as we wrap up with our the focus on your people, so 
what is one maybe leadership quality that you look for in all your people that says, okay, everybody needs to possess this that comes onto your team? Gosh, I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, I, I think this, I'm going to repeat something a little bit from earlier, and that's um, we're really looking for people who are comfortable in their own skin and flexible and hardworking. And I guess maybe one additional uh, one that I didn't mention before is depending on what their role is, um, again, we, our culture is, you know, kind of geeky and nerdy and, and whatnot. <laughs> so it helps to, for people to kind of see that yeah. and, 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 you know, be comfortable being in that type of, uh, you know, there's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of, uh, you know, an, an artistic bent to a lot of what we do. Um, and it's just nice as we're talking to people to try and kind of sure. see if they are into the same type of, and it, we don't want everybody to be exactly the same. We want them to have different interests, but it helps if, uh, you know, they typically are into innovation, you know, doing, <laughs> yeah. doing new stuff and, sure. and not afraid of new stuff. Sure. Right. Yeah. Especially as a small company, you know, you find if you, if you bring someone on that has, you know, fortune 500 experience, a lot of corporate experience, sometimes the, uh, I mean, we have a lot of structure, I think for a company our size, because the other partners and I have a lot of management experience, but I, you know, at the same time, if you compare us to, you know, Coca-Cola or IBM, um, we don't have that same level of structure. And some people really like that. And those are the people that are comfortable with a little bit more ambiguity that will succeed more in our business. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they'll succeed more in business in general, but just for us personally. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's something we kind of try and suss out as well. Yeah, and ideally, we want to know as many people as possible so that if I'm if I'm hiring another leader, hopefully it's somebody that I actually have interacted with at some point, you yeah. know, and, and we try and keep a lot pretty open uh, channel there. Yeah, that's that's cool. So talk about uh, maybe some leadership advice, uh, some good leadership advice that you got either growing up or maybe even with your mentor these days uh, that was been given to you. That is there any that you would say, man, I got this leadership advice at this point in my life, and this was very impactful for me. So uh, yeah. Um, this is maybe more, uh, I don't know if this is leadership or, uh, you know, entrepreneurship, but uh, I just always remember. Um, so my last business, uh, we we raised uh, capital from outside investors. And, you know, becoming a first-time entrepreneur, I had actually run P&Ls as a, as a manager in a previous business, sure. so I had experience doing that. But it was at a large company where... At the end of the day, I knew that the uh, bank account was going to actually have cash in it, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. So, one of the very early things I learned there was that cash is king, and <laughs> you have to respect it. Yeah. And that it's super important to you know stay on top of that. And so, I guess if you want to take that back to a leadership standpoint, I find a lot of people that haven't necessarily come from a business background, but maybe come from a more uh, you know, technology-oriented background that's that's maybe more on the development side, um, maybe don't have the same appreciation for focusing on the minutia or the details sure. of that. Um, so being detail-oriented, while if you're a big picture guy, you know, and you're you're wanting to figure out the next uh, strategic move, 
um, focusing on the bottom line is sometimes not the easiest. You know, like, like what <laughs> the debits and credits. It's not the sexiest, sure, but yeah. it's super important. Sure, so, sure. Yes. Anyway, that was one of the things I learned. That was that was probably fifteen or twenty years ago, and yeah. it's always stuck with me um, because you can see it. And there were, so you, just, you gave specific examples of successful companies that actually went out of business because their cash cycle was off. Yeah, and you know they. Well, I imagine that you can't pay people. It's hard to stay in business. Yeah, that's true. But I imagine too, Dave, that it helps you innovate too. Because if you're running on a tight budget and you've got the vision for a Disney World and you've got the budget for a Six Flags, right? <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better that's example, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Uh, it makes you, it forces you into innovation, right? To build to get you where you want to be. Uh, I would think in some circumstances as well. Yeah, I mean, well, like, let me say it a different way though, maybe, and that's that. We have to actually be careful about being too innovative, sure. I think I would say. Um, and, you know, I sit way more on the business side uh, of this of my company. And so sometimes there's a, uh, you know, a tug of war on whether or not uh, we want to be using the latest, greatest, you know, most innovative technology that may not quite be there yet. And the reality is, you know, most of our customers are actually kind of Fortune 500 type customers and they're not interested in something that may be <laughs> sure. here five years from now or sure. two years from now and what's what is sexy to them may not seem sexy to somebody who's been in immersive technology for five years yeah but if they're they're only a year into their journey and and you know their IT department isn't going to approve something that doesn't uh, you know run on a <laughs> Windows machine or something. You know, like there's a lot of yeah. a lot of things like that where we have to kind of make sure that we're in in uh, we're seeing eye to eye there. Yeah. Um, so so that's one. And the other thing I would say based on that is that we the fact that we you know are you know, bootstrapped self self uh, funded is that we are very cognizant of being focused in what we do. So that's why we're as focused on the niche that we are. I mean, we started out taking a much more shotgun approach because it was a very early stage technology back, you know, five years sure. ago. But we always had kind of this vision of getting to the point. So we did a bunch of brand activations and marketing type things initially um, because that's where the, you know, the ball was headed, right? That's where, that's where the market was going. Um, but as the training side caught up, we were ready to, to you know, hit the ground uh, running there. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's been a, that it forces you to focus. And, and actually that's oftentimes a good thing. Yeah, sure. All right. As we wrap up our time together today, how about one actionable tip for our listeners that they can take away with to strengthen their own leadership or career path? Get involved. I mean, don't just read about stuff online. It's so easy to get sucked into Reddit or, you know, (laughs) your Instagram or whatever. You know, get out and interact with other people. And I think that, I mean, definitely get involved, volunteer. Those things really help you, uh, you know, collide off of other people and create sparks. And, And there's a lot of interest there. Yeah, great. Dave, I thank you so much for spending some time with us. Again, love Foundry 45. Check them out online. We'll get, we'll give some more links and stuff on the backside, too. Uh, just thank you for your heart for the city, for your companies, just passion for the students and just the community as a whole, and being involved with others. Thanks, Zach. Really right. appreciate you having me. All right. Take care. Cheers. Well, I hope you enjoyed our show today with Dave Beck, one of the founders and managing partners at Foundry 45. I loved his journey of of just chasing his desire for leadership and, and finding that talent and passion 
and bringing it from the school level, being in the school play that he talked about, all the way to helping run uh, one of the cutting edge technology companies here in the city. Today, Dave gave us three great tips for growing our own leadership in LifeWalk. The first tip was to be yourself. People want to know the real you as you lead them. And as Dave said, not to have different personas at work as, as the business Dave or the office Dave, as he said, versus the real him. So drop down that wall, be yourself, and still keep a high standard. He also talked about the value of having a mentor to help you walk through this time as well. And even today, uh, Dave spoke to the value in his role now and continue to have a mentor there as well. Number two was to manage your resources well, stay creative and innovative, but don't let your dreams die because you overextended your finances or your resources. If the finances don't get you where you need to be, well, then innovate to meet that standard. The third was to get involved, interact with others, volunteer. Those relationships and experience will add value and credibility to you as you grow as a leader and an expert in your area. If you want to learn more about Dave and Foundry 45, you can find the company at foundry45.com and Dave Beck on LinkedIn. He's very active there and engaging with uh, the people he's connected with. Well, that does it for our show today. Be sure to check us out next time for, I'm sure, another great conversation with a leader here in Atlanta. And until then, grow your leadership and impact your community. Mm-hmm.